So, uh, <laughs> oh, well done. No, no worries. No worries. No rush here. Yeah. You know. So, first podcast ever. Oh, Dragon Voice. Um, Dragon Voice. It sounds very ironic because I got the first ever episode and you're with me and you're, well, basically the voice of Welsh football. <laughs> uh, go, I mean, everyone at Barrytown Football Club, because you know, know me and most of the guys at the... To, we love you, you know, and you're doing your work fantastic. Well, I bet every single boss club in the Cymru Premier, as it's now called, uh, they just love you for what you're doing and trying to get Welsh football out there. <laughs> so, so, um, let's just get down to the chase. So, the whole point of the Dragon Voice podcast is not just going to be about, uh, you know, Welsh football in general, it could be about anything, you know, and uh, the whole point of it is trying to get Welsh football out there, not just Camry Premier, not just the least below, but Welsh football, you know, the likes of, you know, when you get John Hatton and Malcolm Allen or all them lot, you know, coming on, just talking about their days, even if it's for half an hour, 20 minutes, or even a 10 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, being man, the first. pleasure, absolute pleasure. When I was... Uh... When I was trying to be a, a reporter years ago, you know, there was no outlets, there was no podcasts, no, you just, I don't know, you're either on radio <laughs> or telly, that was it, you were, you were, you'd never have a choice otherwise, so it's, it's, these days, it's just brilliant what people get up to. Yeah. So I'll just start off with the first, it sounds like a cliche when it comes to interviews, because the, the normal cliche questions is, how did you start, where did you get into broadcasting, so Tell us your story. Where was your um, How did you get into becoming the voice of Welsh football you are known today? Then, <laughs> um, first of all, there's you know cliches are there for a reason because a lot of cliches are good. People use them all the time because it's a good place to start. So never be afraid of cliches. Maybe if you're commentating, yeah. they can get a bit boring. But uh, it's never a bad place. I got a weird way into all this. I was always loved football, but as a fan, and never thought. Never thought of even working in the field of football. I was work. I left college after a year because I hated it. I, I got, went through school in Aberystwyth, coasted through school, got to college in Cardiff. Didn't really like it after a week. I don't know why. I just thought it was going to be my idea of what college was going to be. It was very different to what it actually was. I thought I was going to be reading books of poetry in cafes with sunglasses on, like in Paris, with smoking cigarettes yeah. and talking <laughs> to girls. <laughs> actually, I would probably- <laughs> I ended up actually having to do some work, which wasn't wasn't a good idea. So I started. I left college. I started working for TV companies, Welsh language TV companies, as a runner, and it was hard work, six days a week, long hours. But you're earning good money, and when you're like nineteen, twenty, it was very, very appealing. After a few years of that, it started getting when I wanted something more solid. You were going from short-term contracts, like a month, two months. I think four months was the longest job I had in a row. But it was constant and it was still good. But then I applied for a job at BBC Wales, basically. There was an advert to uh, do uh, sport bulletins in Welsh on Radio Cymru. And I applied for the job. I didn't actually get it. Somebody else no. got it. But they phoned me up and said, oh, we need somebody else over the summer. Do you fancy coming in for like six weeks? And that's what I did. And I was there for like 12 years. And then got a job with Scorio. It's, it sounds bizarre, and it probably wouldn't happen these days. No. But it's, it's as simple as that. Well, it it, it's, it sounds bizarre because um, knowing me, I've I've come out of university now. I've got a BA and a MA. I've got a BA in script writing and an MA in drama. So you know where that's going down. <laughs> so um, and I play for loads of jobs. And then, but it's like you said, you, 
you have to be lucky sometimes just to get into these fields and positions and everything. But, uh, you know, it will come all in uh, all in good time, as they say. Um, and another thing I wanted to talk about, because obviously you started in the, uh, the, the BBC, you know, I've listened to a lot of commentating where I think it was your voice. And I'm thinking that can't be Dennis, because I'm used to see, hearing you speaking in Welsh, you know, and um, but obviously in the in the in the first stages, I'm thinking, is that Dylan? No, that can't be Dylan. <laughs> That's Dylan. That was, I, was present, I was absolutely happy over the moon by it. But um, you must have, you must have. Uh, how did the commentating come to fruition then? I'm still not sure to be because I did a bit of everything. I was um, reporting mainly, and then presenting a lot on radio. And then sort of drifted into commentary. Didn't get that many opportunities, to be honest, as a full-on commentator while I was at the BBC. It was a funny place. It was a great place. But it had its limits in other regards where they'd kind of pigeonhole you. They'd decide that, right, he's the guy that does Welsh language radio reporting and presenting. He's not really a commentator. And oh, even though he can speak English, they wouldn't think of sticking you on Radio Wales. It was very weird. So I drifted into it. I started... Proper football commentary started when I got a job at Scorio. They offered me a job and I turned up to have a chat with the boss, really, really excited because I love Scorio. And um, I thought he was going to offer me a job as a presenter. And then he said, We wanted to do some items, but we see you as a main commentator. I was kind of, I was kind of gobsmacked. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, sure, no problem. I'll do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, no problem. That's yeah, fine. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I, the, when I, first of all, interesting because my first trip to Jenner Park probably was when I started as a young reporter. Wales on Saturday was still on the air, which is like final score soccer Saturday these days. It would start at half four on a Saturday afternoon. It was a results yeah. service on BBC Wales. And they'd show the League of Wales as it was then, games from that afternoon. But of course you had to rush from Jenner Park with the tapes, get it ready for like five o'clock, which was mental. And people yeah. would leave at half time, somebody else would leave 20 minutes into the second half. At that time, Barry were like six 0 up by that point, so it was okay. But then, as so, the story would go, <laughs> so I learned quickly. You had to do it live, so I wasn't commentating, but I was sort of doing the reports live on BBC yeah. Wales, knowing a lot of people are watching. So that was doing stuff live was the way I kind of got into it, and you'd, you'd make lots of mistakes, but you soon learn just yeah, not, not to worry too much about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to. I always wanted to talk about because with. With the BBC now, obviously, the work you're doing with Scorio, along with Malcolm Allen, John Arton, um, Owen and everyone, it's it's always showing a lot of gratitude. That's why a lot of football clubs in Wales that cover domestic Welsh football, they show a lot of appreciation for Scorio. But I've always gone into hefty debates. I mean, I, sometimes I expect just to go... Oh yeah, there's this and that, and then all of a sudden it just gets really tense because um, the, t the the tense arguments would go into. I would say, how would people feel if the BBC Wales just cover a little bit more of Welsh domestic football, not trying to demean Scorio because Scorio is going to be the platform for S4C, and I always try to tell people, I've always said, if all right, the Kevin Cardiff, Swansea, the, the big Welsh clubs, as they say. But you've got a lot of football clubs that are not far from Cardiff, Swansea, and they, they put on some great, tremendous football. Even if it's for one match per month, the BBC Welsh should do it. How do you, in your opinion, uh, approach that in some ways? Do you think the BBC Wales should just, just, just 
just say, right, we can cover Welsh football once per month or even twice per month, but how would you, uh, in your opinion, describe that without covering, you know, Welsh football in general? Um, I can't believe they don't, to be honest with you, Rhys. It's always baffled me. When I worked there, it was frustrating because it's our league, it's our domestic game. And I know I know they see viewers, they, they maybe they've got outside pressures that we don't know about and they need to get the hits and they need to get all this with Cardiff, Swansea. It's easy with Cardiff and Swansea, you know what's going to happen. Uh, Newport, I've noticed, <coughs> excuse me, get slightly less attention. And Wrexham, once they dropped out of the league, you could see when I was there, it was that. There was those four. Merthyr would probably get more attention than the League of Wales at times. At times, because there's a lot of people there that are really, really positive. But I'm amazed that they don't do more. I'm amazed there isn't a, a, an English language scorio. Because it's there. It's on a plate. It's so yeah. easy. And the... Um, what's the words? The, the appetite is there, out there, amongst the fans as well. And I don't know why. It's, it's something with the hierarchy in the BBC. And I don't have a go at the BBC because I loved my time there. But an example for you, when um, when I worked there, they lost a rugby contract, big rugby contract. It was doom and gloom. So they turned their attention to football. And for a few years, the Premier Cup was born, that competition. Yeah. So you remember, well, maybe not. I, I judge age these days and I can't, I can't remember who remembers what, if you know what I mean. But they yeah. had a lot of, bit of money into the Premier Cup where Cardiff, Swansea, Wrexham were suddenly playing against the Welsh Prem teams and, and Merthyr. And it was a great... Not the day the rugby contract came back, but within a few months of the rugby contract coming back, it went, and they just went back to rugby, and I don't know. It, it's it's weird. I'm glad they don't, because it means I've got a job with Scorio, and Scorio oh, no, carries no, on. No, I know, I know exactly, but I, I'm like you. I'm amazed. It's it's there. The stories, the domestic league, the stories that are out there, just not even in the Welsh Prem, below the Welsh Prem, it, it's glorious. There's some just beautiful stories, and like, you know, I know Lee Trundle gets a lot of attention, but my God, he deserves it. And it's mad. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't believe, as I say, I can't believe they don't do it. But um, it's always baffled me, to be honest. Yeah. Because with, um, with Cardiff, Swansea and Newport and Wrexham, uh, we always get that. And, and, and like, again, a cliche debate, you know, where tension rises, you know, animosity rises because with Welsh League fans and then you've got Welsh clubs who are playing in English League, you know, there's the... Well, to this day, the situation heads collide in saying, well, Cardiff Swansea should be coming back into Welsh League, but Cardiff Swansea can't because, it'll, you know, it's, it's that back and forth. And I don't want to sound, because I know my views about it. I know my opinions. I know you have your opinions, but we don't want to, you know, upset Cardiff Swansea, you know, especially I've got this podcast coming on. And I want, the, you know, a lot of people to come in <laughs> and you, your audience. But in your opinion, do you think instead of, right, if Cardiff Swansea... Wrexham Newport or Merthyr, they don't want to take part or be part of Welsh football or domestic football. Do you think there should be some investment where Cardiff Swansea or them lot can just go, right, we don't want to be in it, but we want what's best for that league. So we'll help out as much as we can. It doesn't need to be financial, but it could be, you know, players, because I know Barry have had a few players from Cardiff, Swansea, you know, just to try and help them and promote Welsh league football by, you know, galvanise them saying right we're, we're big enough just to go right we'll get you in that spotlight do you think that could be an opportunity to get to that point or do you think no it won't happen I don't know I, I don't like to say it won't happen you know historically if we could start from scratch it'd be amazing what a league we'd have if, if it was all just in Wales but while most leagues were starting in I don't know 
18 something or 19 something. We had to wait yeah. until 1992, didn't we? <laughs> um, what I, what has, it'd be great if they could do something. And it is really good to see the clubs like Cardiff and Swansea trusting the Welsh Prem more with loaning out their youngsters. And that's yeah. really good. Maybe that'd be a good place to start. There was talk of playing development teams. I'm not sure about that, but it'd be good. Again, anything, anything would help. I've got a... I don't know what to say about Merthyr. I honestly don't know where to begin. Why why they're not in the Welsh Prem, I have no idea. Hopefully... Oh, Tom, I, I know, I know, I know. And I, I get stick from Merthyr fans as well. And they, they're happy where they are, and it's fine. But frankly, they're going nowhere. And the opportunity in the Welsh system to get to Europe and build a club. What's it? What's been interesting this season is seeing Colwyn Bay, because I never thought they'd be coming into the Welsh system. And they no. did. And they loved it. And they did lose some fans, but they gained more. And I'm sure, I, you know, Cardiff and Swansea, it's not going to happen. But if there's something they could do, and Newport by now, but if there's something to build bridges, I've always thought the Welsh Cup is a good idea, but then they'd want the European spot. Again, that's not going to happen. Why should they get it if they don't, don't want to be in the Welsh system? Um, I think Wrexham is an interesting case study. Uh, Malcolm Allen has always been Malcolm has always been outspoken. I mean, I've seen the coverages where you and, and Malcolm on Scoria have just been, you know, supportive, and um, and then you got Wrexham supporters coming on. I'm sat there and I'm a bit mixed by Wrexham because I want my best for Wrexham. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, so. got I've got a soft spot for Wrexham because I just like him, especially yeah. the bootleg. Uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. captain, <laughs> <laughs> captain, and. Um, but it, it is a very difficult topic, it's like with Wrexham, uh, because, you know, it's what, what's special. You've been in the conference for over a decade now. Yeah. You've had so many trust with owners. Where are you going to stand, you know, because you're not going to go anywhere. Or you're not yeah. gonna... I still think they're, they're so close to being back in the league, even if they, you know, they're not getting, they're not push, they have been pushing in different seasons, but they're still that one step away from the league, I guess. A lot of fans have told me if they went down, because they, they flirted with relegation, haven't they? Then I think they'd have a, a few questions to ask. But you know, they're still getting amazing crowds, and they're oh, a great yeah. team. So it's, they're a funny one. Uh, you know, Newport, there was a time when I thought Newport could have joined in, but there we are. But as I say, I, I'll never understand Merthyr, but Merthyr are a no. great club. Their fans are brilliant. I just, I can't, I don't get it. Yeah. And they're, they're the ones that have fought to save that club. So it's their opinion and whatever but yeah. if I was in the Welsh FA and maybe it does happen I'd be doing everything I could to get them back into the Welsh system yeah. you know just I think give, it... yeah not give them what they want like Colwyn Bay but you'd kind of go you don't need to start from the bottom just come on come and join us yeah just come and join us like, look you are they are good team. Don't, don't get me wrong I mean I don't want to go into so much about Mercy because I think no, that'll no, be no. another yeah, it's just an example yeah, I... isn't it yeah I think I'm going to, because one of the ideas I've got is having a, a Welsh League fan and then a, a Merthyr Town fan come together, but that's That'd just uh, plan, like that would, yeah, plans for the future. But um, the, the whole point is, I, I do like Merthyr, but I, at the same time, it's like a love-hate with a lot of Welsh League fans or even Barry fans, and especially because with Barry Town Football Club, they sort of understand the club's point of view. They understand where Merthyr are coming from because yeah. we were in the same boat in the early 1990s. But we thought, well, it's not going to be worth it because we're going to go nowhere. So that's why, as they say, the rest is history because we weren't had that success, you know, the glory success. But it's like with Merthyr, we've always tried to say it'll be good for you. And they're saying, well, it won't be good. And that's where I think the build intention goes is saying, well, 
you're wrong, you're wrong, and it just it I goes. Oh yeah, I don't want to go on about them either, but I just you know you go to Penadar, then they're a great club, great great fans. I love the you know I love the town. It's a great place. I just and I and I get it. I totally get it. I just I wish if you could have a try before you buy option. <laughs> Maybe yeah. just come on. It's fun, honestly. Every good. You love yeah. it eventually. It's fine. You know, it's fine. <laughs> imagine the oh, Merthyr against Canaveral and the Merthyr against Barry. Oh my God, it'd be brilliant. There we are. There we are. <laughs> That'll be the best. You know, the best days of of watching football. I think one of the top five games I've ever watched was Barry v Merthyr when he first came back to Lost Cup. And Barry went up to to Panadaran and we beat him three nil. Um, but like I so said, uh, that's one of the. It's it's gonna. It's out of our death. Yeah, it's down yeah, to Merthyr Town, the FAW in that case. So, but let's talk about more from your perspective because uh, very quickly, I I want to know this before I move on to proper um, Welsh football stuff. But um, I've always, uh, whenever the South Wales derby comes on with Cardiff and Swansea. They always show the cover, A Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> did you know? Did they watch? Sorry, you cut up there. Did you, know, um, did you do that, uh, A Tale of Two Cities yeah, coverage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, my mate still works in the BBC. He's one of the main producers there. He's one of my best mates. And he asked me to... I, I like to mess about with words and scripts. I used to write a lot of poetry as a kid with the Eisteddfods and all that. And he knows this. And he oh, said... Can, can you, it was further... They hadn't played for years and years and years. So this is going back a while now. And he said, oh, can you put something together? And it was one of those where it just, it happened. You know, the yeah. whole script came together. And then the editor, Dan, that put the pictures to it. So it comes alive. I'm very you know, proud. I'm it, proud it, of the it, words. It, I know it's, it's just, it's just, it just worked. I'm proud of the words, but, you know, the, the pictures as well. It was just one of those. It's brilliant. I know people still do it. Still, I get oh, stuff. Yeah. Guys at Scorio go, uh, oh, do you know the thing you did, Cardiff and Swansea? Can you, can you do one of those for like... Uh, I don't know, Barry and the Met. I'm right, well, I could. <laughs> yeah. See, if they were saying Barry and Met, I would I would probably turn around and said, Oh no, because the the, the even though the rivalry of Barry and Cardiff oh, Met no, yeah. I just think it's not of a local team. No, I know, I know. You've got to think of Barry or Carnarvon because yeah, yeah. the similarities of supportership, club run and everything. Yeah, or even Barry and because we were of the poised history. when uh, when Carnarvon came back into the league. We were probably poised to try and turn it, do something similar, and then bang, we're out of the league. So <laughs> we'll get there eventually. That is that is absolutely mad. So let's talk about where you called a lot of matches in your time. Then um, a lot of people would normally say, you know, what's the best matches or what's the worst matches you ever doing everything. But I really want to know what's the most underrated matches you ever called where they sh- should have. <laughs> it should have gotten some oh. recognition properly, or it it was it was that good, but it wasn't appreciated as much. Can you um, recall any underrated match that should have gotten more attention than it should have received? Oh, it's a really good question. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> no one's ever asked that one. It's a really good question. Oh my god, I I don't know. You know there's some thing is a lot of them don't get the attention they deserve when you think about it. Really, we Scotty give them a lot of attention. But outside of our little bubble, maybe they don't know. So as a cop-out, you could say a lot of them. I've just been to some games where you come away buzzing at what you've seen. It's so exciting. I'm, I'm trying to avoid get to give you a definitive answer here because I can't think of one. But they're just no, games, fine. games you've left, goals. You know, I remember Lee Beatty, Prestatin, and he scored that unbelievable scissor kick. And you walk out going, I'm just never, I can't believe what I've just seen. Uh, the games at... I've seen some games at Aberystwyth. I'm from Aberystwyth, you know, 
Nobody yeah. knows how to defend, but it's 4-3. And, you know, I, the one, the, the, the game I always go back to, but that's the best game, not the underrated game, is when Bangor won the league against TNS on that final, yeah. the final game. But as an underrated game, I'm just rubbish at remembering them, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's absolutely fine. That's no problem. So, do you know what? I'm glad you mentioned Bang City winning the league because now, because yesterday, we've had some big news. And, you know, for people who are going to be talking about this, if they watch this video in a few months to come, they probably won't know what we're talk, talking about because they're thinking, oh, what date's this and everything. But yesterday, um, the FAW announced the game changer where they said right we're stopping the league Konoski are champions I thought wow you know it was a breath of fresh air but at the same time you've got now TNS Bala and Barry qualifying for the uh, Europa League now there was a bit of um, I'm not saying confusion but there's a lot of uh, questions that need to be answered now in terms of right where is the tournament going to be held? Is it going to be held in five weeks? Is it going to be held in, in October or September time? Because from what I've gathered, because I did some research, because I want to go. I want to go and see my team in Europe, just like any other supporter with their teams in Europe. But I've had a look around, and the only positive I'm getting is that the UEFA are rescheduling their tournament so that at a later date. Um, in your opinion, do you see anything coming to fruition do you see uh, the Europa League starting at a later date or do you just see it where right you just carry on the games but there's no fans at all yeah I do you know what? it's it's bizarre I just I honestly have no idea um we've everybody because we get a lot of questions and my producer in Scorio he gets asked a lot of questions to try and plan ahead and he's come to the conclusion there's no point there's no point putting in plan a b c d e because everything's changed so much. So the honest answer is, I have no idea at the minute. Hopefully, obviously, they could. I don't see why they can can't knock things back a bit and then start later. My worry is that what they'll do is, I don't know worry Welsh clubs that as the date for the preliminary rounds goes, they'll just knock it off and rejoin yeah. the competition at a later date. So they might get rid of the preliminary rounds. Yeah, that's I've no I have no knowledge at all of what they're planning, but it's just mad. This all the situation is so crazy. It's absolutely, it's impossible to predict at the minute because we've been predicting the Welsh Prayer. I thought the Welsh Cup was going to be played, to be honest. And then yesterday, yeah. that took me by surprise. I thought they were going to, and I think they tried. They they were hoping to play the Welsh Cup, but just it got to the stage because they had to nominate teams for Europe, basically. And, well, they decided whatever happened. At one point, I think they were going to try and play the semi-finals and then thought, we can't do it. It's not no. safe it's financially, whatever. Like yeah, I honestly do feel bad for Carnarvon because a lot of a lot of my mates. I mean, uh, it's it's mad to start with me talking about Bangor, um, but the thing is, that's with Welsh football. You got to talk about teams, you know, you support and that. But I felt bad for Carnarvon because they were they were really wanting that Welsh Cup glory, and it seems to me that the the FAW and I don't want to slander them because uh, hopefully if, if this podcast becomes really successful, I love to do uh, business work with them, you know. But it seems to me. <laughs> Wink, wink. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, um, but it, it seems to me, I feel bad for them because it feels like they've just been cheated out of it, where they just, the, the rug had just come out of under their feet and, you know, and we took their spot. Um, but for the audience, because I'm not very good at explaining things, but maybe you can explain just a little. So for the people who are watching this, how, how did this decision uh, came to fruition where it's just going to be those three teams qualifying for Europe that finishes second, third and fourth instead of a Welsh Cup 
a team that's finishing in the final stage of the Welsh Cup. Can you explain it a bit more in detail? Or yeah, I think, to... I think I've, I've, I've been looking at it. And uh, so basically, once they stopped the season, they had a decision to make. You know, are they going to try and play the playoffs? Are they going to try and play the Welsh Cup? So champions go in the Champions League. Connors Key, what a story. TNS, the new Saints, sorry, go in a second place. So then they had to decide, are they going to play the playoffs? No. Therefore, the third place team got that spot. So Bala went in to the playoffs. And then with the Welsh Cup, what were they, what were they going to do? They had to nominate, they had to tell you for what their plan was by the 25th of May. So that was the first issue. So they decided to tell who, who was going to play in Europe. Now, if they'd kept the Welsh Cup option open, they'd have had to decide that on sporting grounds by the 20th yeah. of July. So they'd have had to play it. They couldn't have just picked a team. So they basically decided we can't do it. We can't play the Welsh Cup right now. And therefore, I think the next step was quite easy. Who's going to get it? Are you going to go fourth? That's, once you get to that stage, I think fourth place is the only option you have because there's no point looking yep. at the Welsh Cup and trying to come to any other conclusion. Uh, it's tough on Carnarvon. Met as well because they had that seventh spot sewn up because Druids weren't getting European licence. So no. Met and Carnarvon have missed out twice, really. They had a chance in the Cup. They had a chance through the playoffs. They were playing each other in the cup. Who's to say what would have happened? But yeah, I'd be, I'd feel sorry for them. But once, I think there was a process with the FAW, and once one thing happens, you know, it was dominoes. Then this has to happen. This has to happen. So it's very, very harsh. But then like, it's like we're in the middle of a pandemic, so it's not like it's happened. Yeah, but what can you do? I you know, know that's that's where they are. I think, and I think it's it's not a gr- it's the best option under the circumstances. If that's the way. Of yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I think yeah, they'll play the world. They're trying to play the Welsh Cup, and I think they are hoping to play it before the start of next season. But obviously, there'll yeah. be no European spot for the no. winners, which, which is you know, it's still an honour to win the Welsh Cup. But Europe means a lot of money, doesn't it? For at this oh, yeah. level, okay. it's a lot for of sure. football teams, you know, especially with the 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 structure of the Welsh Premier League or the Cymru Premier. You know, there's a lot of requirements when it comes to football clubs and everything, especially because of the, the licensing the, of uh, UEFA licensing and everything, money does mean a lot to these uh, Welsh clubs, especially because, you know, um, with, uh, I, I spoke to a few clubs, it's like uh, sometimes Bala, uh, Kevin Druids, Cardiff Met, uh, some of the other clubs like Carnarvon, they sometimes feel like, oh, they may have the, a local businessman who's got money to come in and splash a bit of cash, but then they need football money to keep going. Uh, basically, and that's what happened to Barry. You know, when, when the money dries up, the only way is down, and uh, we faced our consequences. But we redeemed, we galvanized, and we got came back. But Carnarvon did the same. Um, there's a lot of football clubs out there that um, have gone through the same. I do want to put Banger in that position only because uh, the people who are running Banger, I have got no sympathy whatsoever. Who run them at the time, which was I won't say names, but it was a family, and they got no sympathy for me whatsoever and I and a lot of Bangor City fans we've always kept in contact with them and they're just good as gold you know and uh, even though some of the chants you know we all hate Bangor I think it's just a, it's turned into a bit of banter then it's like oh yeah can yeah, I, no, I agree them? with you they're a, they're a great club it's, it's horrible what's happened there and I, sp- I was speaking to Les Davis the other day we were we were showing oh, yeah. some of the old games we were showing the day they won the league and uh, he was, he's got it he's played for Bangor 1876 he loves but he's a Bangor boy he loves the club and so he sees he sees the new banger as as banger in a way, even yeah. though the old one is still is still around. It's it's very it's a strange scenario. It's, an, it's 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 weird because I'm looking at 
Bangor City and the only thing that's Welsh about it is the name now because I mean I don't want to be sounding like a prejudice or anything but I'm looking at the team and you know a high percentage of the teams the players that are playing for Bangor are either Argentinian or Italian and you know in there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some great football comes from Italy and Argentina, but I mean, it's it's wow, you know, because a lot of Welsh football you got to produce. Yeah. No, it's right. I'll, I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna use a quote off Ozark here, without incriminating myself. Uh, I love the series. I don't know if you've seen it. The last series, the one of the characters says, "If something seems off, it's probably off." And that's all he yeah. says. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say on the matter. Well, that's what we're gonna say about that. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of European football, though, what's happened with Scorio covering European football? It's because uh, it used to be a, a big yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, we were Scorio was celebrating thirty years last year, and we did a program for SBC looking back at it. its mental. The uh, the difference. I came in. It's funny. There's like Scorio seems to be two parts for Scorio. The the early years, which a lot of people see as the glory years. Where they were doing Spanish football. It's Scotland started when um, Ian Rush went to Juventus and Mark Hughes went to Spain. So they pitched for an idea to cover uh, European football because they both returned like within a year. So and Scotland was still there. But Tosh Tosh was out in Real Madrid and the stuff you see now, the access they had, is incredible. They're talking to Johan Cruyff on the side of a pitch in the now camp. You know, Louis Van Gaal and all these. It's incredible. And yeah. I think just just times changed. You know. The football suddenly became this mad carnival that it is. The guys I know who used to go said they were in the minority. There were local Spanish press there. There weren't many foreign press. They got loads of access and suddenly it all changed and the money was coming in and they just got squeezed out, to be honest. Yeah. At one time, Scotland was the only place to see European football on a Monday night. By the time the European football finished, you'd probably seen it live on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday before Scotland turned around. And then they turned the attention towards the domestic game, which is when I joined in. And um, I think they've sudden, they suddenly realised what was on their doorstep. And, you know, I wasn't as massive as the now camp. Well, you can't compete with that, but there's, there's, there's other ways, isn't there? It's just, there's yeah. still, as I said earlier, the stories, the characters, the, the games, it's just, it's, it's different, but it's just equally, it's as entertaining. Mm. Right. I think this is uh, another a cliche question, and I know you said there's nothing more cliche. I've millions of my time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Who is the best guest or guest um, uh, guest you've ever interviewed? It could be a footballer or it could be a manager. Who was the the best person you've ever interviewed, apart from John Houghton and Malcolm Allen? <laughs> yeah, well, that is a good question. Um, blimey. Um, I'm trying to think. The best. I interviewed John Charles years ago. So uh-huh. I know, I don't think I can, and it was a weird time. John Charles was forgotten for a while in a way. And then I know, but he, I know, it's, I know there was a time and then he'd, he'd been let, he was still alive and people forgot about him. And then suddenly it's I think like, it was a, I know. Yeah, it's like me, I'm, I'm nearly 24. I'm nearly 24 years old. But even then when I was eight or nine years old, when I was not a big fan of football, I knew who John Charles was. He was this big, larger than life Welshman yeah, from the went off to, Chase for the stars, you know, reach for the stars and play for yeah. Juventus. How can anyone I forget that? I know, but there was a time when he was just, a, he's, a, he's retired, he's a, such a nice guy. And then I interviewed him. As names go, he's up there. I interviewed Mike England recently. Absolutely amazing. Uh, another one, you know, great Welsh manager. And again, people tend to forget. And then they see the interview, they go, oh, blimey. 
it's great to hear these guys. You know, I've interviewed the, the big names in Welsh football, but I've just just occurred to me one of the nicest interviews I ever had was Robert Earnshaw, and um, oh yeah, just we spoke for like half an hour. I can't remember. We were, we were abroad somewhere. Wales were playing for some reason. I think it's Denmark. I don't know where. But he just sat down with us and he gave this interview and it was all it suddenly turned into why he loved playing football and just scoring goals and the smile on his face and it was amazing. It was just after, one of those we sat there for half an hour going, This is just incredible. And you know, it's just occurred to me, it's one of the nicest interviews I've ever done was uh, just Ernie talking about his love for football. I loved watching him play as well. So that's a that's a good start. But sometimes you know the the big names. You get them for like two minutes, or you know if you get Bailey lucky, but he's there for like five minutes before a game, and they're good as gold. It's just the Welsh guys are so yeah. nice, and they're so happy to speak to you. I mean, sometimes they don't want to, and I understand. They be <laughs> they must have to speak to millions of people. But yeah, I just remember yeah. this chat with him. So I wish I could remember where I was. I've got a feeling it was in Denmark. Anyway, it was just it was just a lovely, lovely interview where you suddenly got this player. Just talking like a kid about how much he loved playing football. It was, it was just so refreshing. Do you know what? I, one, one day, I'd love to get in contact with Robert Enshaw and just be like, right, let's just have a half an hour of your time. Just, just yeah. sit down and just talk about the world if you have to. I mean, it's it doesn't Bellamy, have to be... I've, it's with Bellamy a few times as well, and he's like, he's, you're on edge because he's like, he's an intense guy, but I love him. He's a good, he's a, oh, he's just competitor and he's very no, determined. I, 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 and he, I met him. Yeah, I, sorry, sorry to cut you off there. Oh, as, no, no, no. A, as a fan, you know, um, and I've met Craig Benley a few times, not just as a, a fan, but as a, just just an individual as well. And he's always come off as a nice guy, no matter what the controversy is or anything. I remember the last time I met him, um, all I wanted to do, I just went up to him and I said, oh, how are you and everything? And and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good and everything. And I thought he was expecting, you know, so he kept reaching for his pocket to think, oh, I was going to ask for his autograph or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I and then we carried on it was only for a brief five or ten minutes and then I just went I'll see you quick because I've already had his autograph anyway years ago and I just went I'll take it and he went you know what fair play to you that's one of the top conversations I've had yeah he's he's, he's, he knows his stuff and he doesn't it's another cliche suffer fools but you know he kind of suss you out and if he sees that you've just turned up without thinking about the chat or thinking about the interview and you just want to quote off him he doesn't want to know but then if he kind of See if he sees that you've made an effort. Uh, not that yeah. you know, he's not testing you, he's just he's trying to suss you out. And he, within like, yeah, you know, in a few minutes, you, you can see him warming into it. And why not? Fair enough, you, you know, yeah, you should be professional. Yeah, yeah, I he wants to win. My god, he's a very determined guy. I, yeah. I've heard, I've heard horror stories about him as well, but I, I speak as you find, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's fair enough, you know. Um, but I think one of the Getting down to a couple of last few crashes out of them, and actually, time does fly when you're having oh, fun. No, no, when worries, you're... no worries. But, um, but with Scorion now, um, obviously you've you've done thirty years or so. Is there any plans for you know bigger, better coverages? You know, in terms of maybe you know we could cover a bit more on uh, Carver Swansea or get back into tr- trying to push for European football because you know I, I am going to go get into it because of Wales and how they just refreshing themselves because of the likes of Gary Speed, Chris Coleman, and maybe Ryan Gates coming in and just changing the face of Welsh football. Where do you see Scorio in, let's just say, in 10 years' time then? Um, well, the way things are going with S4C and stuff, you know, it's the budgets are shrinking so much. So I think, 
and this is nothing to do with me because I just stand there at the microphone. The, the way the guys put Scorio on air and the way it looks, so the way that the money they get when you see Sky, the diff, it's incredible the difference in budgets and stuff. So to do what they do on the money that they have to use is, is just an achievement in itself. And European football, you know, it's gone. It's like the, the unless somebody wants to be very kind. What's amazing is the people of SOC have built up uh, relationships with TV companies where we, we we still show Wales games live. And I pinch myself. And we did the Euros live on S4C. And that's because the people there, it's not about money, because S4C haven't got money to throw around. It's about having good people in the right positions who can negotiate deals. And, you know, they can. the fact that it's a Welsh language show as well helps because we're not seen as a threat. So no. they picked some up. I still can't believe we, we do Wales games live. It's just a privilege to be there. But with Scorio, I know Scorio would love to have the budget to offer a red button service where every Welsh Prem game is live every weekend. Do you know, the technology is getting better where suddenly the, our online stuff's gotten changed so much in the last few years where we now, someone scores a goal on a Friday night in Kem Druids within 10 minutes, if we're on air, we can, we can show the goal. So even stuff mm-hmm. like that has changed dramatically. I, I personally, in five years, I'd love to be able to, if we're doing a live game on a Friday night, I'd love to be able to have a live link up with another game and we're going over live to Jenna yeah. Park where there's a goal just got in. We've got a reporter stood there telling us, showing us that goal. We're not quite there yet, but no. the way technology's going is it's, things are getting better and, and it's getting cheaper to do that. So it's all flinking bang for your buck at the end of the day, unfortunately. But uh, you know, things are changing quickly technology-wise. So I think enhance what they do, what we do in Wales, and you know, it's just rights issues. Then you know it's incredible, isn't it? But we're just loving what we do at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, of course, because at the end of the day, you're the you and the guys, you know, and the people working behind Scoria, you're the guys who are going to be the one to get Welsh football out there. You know, even if means if it's just costing us costing you guys a pound or a hundred million pounds or something like that, we will try that you will try the very best to get that product in and letting people know that Kamadan are out there, Aberystwyth, Barry, Bangor, Carnarvon, Prostatin, all these clubs, all these great football clubs, you know, are there to provide not just fight the best of uh, the best football instead of the likes of Cardiff, Swansea, Newport and Rexman. As much as we all like to watch them, you know, so but it's there. And it's very appreciative. And all other clubs. Have, I mean, the, the amount of times I've seen, you know, um, the, the stories I've, I've got, you know, I mean, I remember, I thought I hit blockbuster time because I remember when Barry played Flint Town in the 2013 Welsh Cup semi-final. Um, I, I just remember, uh, my mates never let this go, but I never let it go as well. But I remember when um, we won and it was, a, no, it wasn't a semi-final. No, it was the quarterfinal, sorry, not the semi-finals. And uh, we won. It was like, oh, my God, we, we, we reached the semifinals. What an achievement. And my mate Jason just chucks me the Welsh flag and sees, I think you were interviewing Gavin. I'm not too sure. But there was, uh, but Gavin was being interviewed went, go run across. And I just run across, jumped on top of him. <laughs> Yay. Well, I've got and to say, it's a great league. I know attendances are, are an issue yeah. and they will be. I'm sure it's give it time. It'll get better. But to go to a game where you've got you guys, making your noise and jumping up and down and taking your tops off. And yeah. I, I just love going to Bali and hey, I love turning hey, up somewhere. I, I, you're I, talking about it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll find oh, a picture. Stop. I'll find a picture. <laughs> but, you know, clubs like Bali, Carnarvon, 
all the clubs have the, you know they're all making an effort and that's what's really nice to see but yeah when you go to Jenner Park and that bloody drums going it's brilliant I love it I love it <laughs> you know that happened as an accident um oh, cool. well no it wasn't I don't know yeah it happened as an accident because normally when you got because obviously you got the, the the gantry on top of the uh the, the stand but we used to bang the wall because it made a heck of a lot of noise yes. but because we were surrounded <laughs> because we were surrounded in neighborhood areas and everything the neighbors even though they could have been living there for 20 30 years when back then you know barry were the biggest team in wales you know they complained to the council and the council just went to the club and just went right um if you do not if you stop sound polluting the area as they say it um if you stop banging the walls and if we catch you in the next three months, we're going to find you a lot of money. And I'm talking, you know, pushing 10 grand. That's what I'm like. Uh, no, no, we're not having this. Don't shut us up. And then we just went, right, check us a five each. We're getting a drum. <laughs> we're getting a drum. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it went from a small course, drum to yeah. a bigger drum. Excellent. Oh, it's great. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And that's the thing. It makes such a difference. We're seeing now games behind closed doors. And it's weird. You know, as long as it's football, we'll do whatever we need to do during this time to get games on and but um, we go to some places and it's, it's quiet but just any kind of atmosphere makes such a difference we get it at Jenner Park we go to the Oval you know, loads of places and it just it just makes such a difference it's fantastic so I think we've got about just enough of it now I think that's <laughs> the first podcast I mean Oh my God! How do you feel? How do you feel doing this with me then? Because it, it is I, such an honor. You know, I love get. it. Oh man, it's, it's, I love it, and I love like people like you and your passion for the game. And as I said at the start, I love just people getting on and doing things and doing podcasts and doing. You know, I'm useless at these things, but I, I, I know if I, when I was starting, I'd have been going for it as well because it's just it's so accessible and it's great and it's just I, it's just it's just fun. What's nice is. I have to ask questions, so to sit here and just answer them is a joy. Yeah. It's an absolute oh. joy. I love it. It's like, yes! <laughs> I don't have to think. <laughs> well, anyway, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on, you know, and especially during these circumstances. I would have wished, you know, if I had the equipment, you know, the proper podcast equipment, we could have met up, you know, instead of, you know, stuck indoors with the pandemic. But I think it still brings people together because of FaceTime and everything. But again, thank you so much for coming on the Dragon Voice podcast. First ever episode. It does mean a lot. No worries. Thanks very much. I love the bandana, by the way. Quality. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I'm growing my hair now. Uh, I'm literally growing my hair. So it's all going in ponytails. and that. Wow. Uh, So you get to see me not just half naked, but long hair now. <laughs> so, uh... Fabulous. We get yeah. another, I don't know if you're still recording. The Scorio, the, the director and Scorio, anytime there's a because you know, anytime there's a crowd, they want to look good on the telly and they go, Oh my god, you can hear the director going, The tops are off, the tops are off, get the fans, the tops are off. <laughs> yeah, and now you're going to be looking at thinking, Oh no, it's, it's Reese again. <laughs> it's like, Oh no, it's Reese, get Reese, get Reese, <laughs> quality. <laughs> but anyway, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on the Dragon Voice podcast, it does mean a lot, and I hope I wish you nothing but the best for Scorio. Keep doing what you're doing because it's absolutely fantastic work that you're putting on for Wales. Ah, cheers, man. It's very kind. Very kind. Thank you very much. And uh, take care and we'll see you soon. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks.